That was the COVID, right? I got that strong was, lungs. That was that in case was anybody whack. suggested not. That was whack. Um, if you would have so, I would have hung right up. That was, yeah, that was that was the quarantine <laughs> war. Who? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, man, it's, it's the inside a, voice. This is break yep. ass wolves and digits Pirate radio. <laughs> uh, my name is Jossie Ross, Nathanical Unagumsaka, Nitomtutu. I come for the Blackfeet people. Those those tall, uh, uh, brilliant. Mm. And modest mm-hmm. and suspiciously, suspiciously good-looking people from the northern plains, directly south of what is now known as the Canadian border, directly east of what is now known as Glacier National Park, for eons and eons. I don't know exactly how long an eon is. At least a couple of eons. It's a long time. <laughs> for eons and eons, it was simply known as ours. And and I'm sitting here uh, not with some of my favorite people in the world because we got the world losing its damn mind. We got the world, seems like falling to pieces, uh, uh, weird things going on. I saw a weird statistic, and this is obviously going to be a decent amount of our conversation tonight, but it said that it took up until, uh, uh, what was it, till March something, I'm making up a number, 21st, to, to get the first thousand cases of COVID. And, and then within the last two days, or well, it would last several days, it doubled in that span of time. Yeah, which man. tells me, which tells me, it's no secret, it's no, it's no question why so many damn people got, you know, STDs and stuff like that. Because y'all can't, <laughs> <laughs> y'all can't stay strapped up for nothing. You can't stay strapped up for nothing. Miss, I went out the other day. I looked like I was about to be a mass murderer. I got rubber gloves on. Put <laughs> on. I got I got the little footies that go over your shoes just in case. And, and like, yeah, people can't stay strapped up for anything. So anyway, I'm sitting with some of my favorite people here on this cool little app called Zoom. Shout out to Zoom. Favorite people in the world, please introduce yourselves. Hey, it's me, y'all. I missed everybody. I'm into longers. I'm one of those curiously good-looking Southeastern natives. We're very short. It's curious. Um, we're a little Appalachian, if you will. But curiously good looking. Um, I am Santee Creek and Chakra, and I am from the Raccoon Clan, and my people live in the Triangle. If you are lower country, low country, or lower Appalachian, you know exactly where I'm talking about. Um, and I'm just trying to survive this terrible COVID. Although I will tell you, as you mentioned, being strapped up and whatnot, I've been in the house for three weeks, people. Three yeah. weeks. What was that text you sent me the other day? Dude, so <laughs> I finally got an Instacart. You know, you can't just get an appointment to have your food delivered. People, there could be a week or two or three week delay. And so I've been trying to get on Instacart, trying to get on it. I finally got an Instacart order. Mm. Why did the picture that show up on the Instacart, I was like, he's about to get some. He's about to what? get everything that's been quarantined. I mean, it's amazing. And this poor dude shows up, you know, he's got his gloves and his little wipes <laughs> and he's putting food on the on the um front porch. I open the door, I'm like, hello, Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a nice little Ford F2. Is that a 250? <laughs> yeah, that's a 250 right there, huh? Looking pretty good. He looks frightened. He looks frightened and <laughs> Right. 
he he put the food on the front porch and and kind of backed away. And he then I was away. like, I, he backed away a <laughs> little. Away. And then I was like, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. And I swear to God, he sprinted, sprinted to his truck and jumped in like he had avoided all kinds of plagues, not just COVID. <laughs> But that's fine right. because I already looked on there and there's a postmate um, person that's assigned to our route. And I'm saying she don't look too bad either. Right. <laughs> Food apps have become like Tinder for you, Minty. Oh, it, it really is my Tinder right. pretty much. Yeah. Other favorite right. person in the world. What, what, what you got going on? How Matakayupi, Wesley B. Roach, I'm Achi Apelo. It's good to be here today. My name is Wesley B. Roach. I come from the Lakota Nation, the Dakota Nation. I also share ancestry with some German folks, yeah. some French folks, oui. and some English folks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's good to be here today. I'm happy to see everybody, all your smiling faces. Good to see you too, our, our guests. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that everybody was able to join us. This is awesome. And, uh, um, I've been hunkering down, making sure we got all the stock food items that we need and the paper products. And uh, we went for we go for walks when we can. We got our nephew, so we're trying to maintain and, and keep our heads cool because it's it's tough when you got kids and they're just stuck in these houses. Like that's not gonna work. And the parks are closed. It's 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 heck. But um, but we're making do, uh, and it's it's just good to see everybody. Okay. Okay. Um. Favorite person in the world, uh, uh, we got a wonderful guest, guest who's been here before, a guest that comes with serious credentials, but also serious opinions, uh, coming from the great state of Oklahoma, uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth Warren territory, uh, help plan. What's his name? Joe Exotic territory. Oh, man. Yeah. Joe Exotic yes. territory. We haven't watched that. If you, you haven't watched, watched that program, it's awesome. No, I'm no, watching no. it tonight. Watch Nobody it. tell me. I'm going to watch it Which tonight. one is that one? Go <laughs> exotic. Tiger King. Tiger King. Right. Oh, I've heard about it. I've heard. Oh, yeah. I haven't got it yet. I gotta, we'll check it's it out. Incredible. incredible. I, so, I uh, wish you were the governor doctor, right now. Talk to us. Who are you? No, I cannot do. Sarah. I'm from the Pawnee Nation. I'm Skeety Band of the Pawnee Nation. We're originally from Nebraska, Kansas area. My people were very tall. My great, great grandfather was 6'11 so very tall very tall <laughs> and how tall are you i'm 5'8 so Ooh. i'm kind of shorter but you know i have german and irish from my mom so that's what stunted my growth <laughs> yeah. maybe you and wesley are, are related somehow I mean, yeah. 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 that irish side yeah <laughs> so uh, uh sarah what do you do talk to us so uh, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, but I also do regenerative medicine. So I do a lot of um, what I would call functional medicine. Um, I do a lot of uh, cellular medicine. I do a lot of uh, non-surgical um, pain management, healing practices. Um, I use a lot of supplements to help people heal. So my focus is really on what I would call regenerative medicine. So helping the, the body heal itself, even though I'm a surgeon. Uh, I know that the body can heal itself if you provide it with the proper things to do so. And so I really treat the patient kind of 360. I also have a big focus in PTSD. I do an injection uh, that nobody else does that helps uh, people recover from their PTSD. What? So I see a lot of patients in my clinic for that specific purpose. Okay. I, I like to say that I do a particular injection that helps people with their people. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Whoa. Sarah, Sarah, please come on the, the, that the women's stop, episode. That come on the women's episode and, and, and discuss <laughs> further. I want to know more about the PTSD without any of our danglers participating. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I've had some amazing results, uh, pretty life-changing results. Uh, oh, that's I've, what Jossie says, too, but no, let's, <laughs> let's really talk about that. <laughs> so that's what my main focus is really uh, it's it's a pretty broad focus and i travel different places and i provide medical care my husband and i also own a cbd company and we broker hemp and so i travel to a lot of different uh areas i travel a lot to south dakota uh, okay. to provide treatment to people for free just to kind of help them 
recover from whatever. So I'm utilized a lot in different ceremonies and, and meetings as the medical professional. So I do a lot of traveling too for that. That's amazing. That so, is so dope. So related to that is, um, does that mean like if, if a ceremony, like, so for example, I, I watched, uh, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just trying to give some context for myself. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a, um, a, a program about um, the Roman Catholic Church. They do exorcisms. <laughs> and, and, and so they do exorcisms, but they also have a medical doctor on staff. They right. Them to, you know, okay, well, we respect the spiritual way, but we also want to ensure that we have the best of Western medicine as well. Just, you yeah. know, okay. Yeah, so I, absolutely. Yeah, that's and, what I do. And you're still practicing now, right? I am. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think of what's going on? Does it scare you to be in medical facilities, to um, to be around people during this time with this coronavirus thing going on? What, how, how do you feel about that? Uh, honestly, I don't know how to feel. Uh, it, it, it doesn't scare me particularly uh, because I'm around illness and, and death a lot. So it doesn't scare me personally. Um, I think the thing that uh, I don't quite understand is the unknown, because I think that people are throwing out all these numbers, and we don't really know what to make of those numbers, because uh, not everybody's being tested, not everything's being reported, not all of the tests are accurate. I feel like a lot of people that are, are dying aren't necessarily COVID positive, they just are attributing a lot of the deaths, maybe to the illness. And so there's a lot, a lot of numbers that I don't understand and it's being skewed. And so it's hard for me to make uh, an educated decision on really what the real death toll is or the real number of cases or anything like that. Um, I know that, um, you know, I personally, I'm practicing in a, in an area where I don't, I'm not in the hospital. I'm not inpatient, but I do see a lot of patients come through my clinic. And of course we practice, you know, we, we have to have one patient at a time. We clean off all the surfaces. We provide masks. You know, we have to do all of that stuff. So I, I personally am not affected because I'm not inpatient in the hospital. My dad works for the Cherokee Nation in Tahlequah, and he's uh, 67 now. Mm. And the physicians there, if they're 65 or older, they can't work uh, around patients. So they're sending them home. Uh, although they haven't had any positive patients come through the Cherokee Nation Hospital. So in Oklahoma, I'm pretty protected because our, our rate of coronavirus and death is not as high as a lot of the other East and West Coast states. How's the testing, though? How is the testing going? Well, they say they were supposed to, you know, set up all these mobile testing sites, um, but they haven't really done that. Uh, there's a particular test that they have that maybe takes 10 days to get the result. They have had a couple people die, not in Oklahoma, but one in Florida, maybe one in Texas, uh, die while they were waiting the test results. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are, yeah, that are really not, not going well for the medical community, but there are a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of doctors and nurses just working overtime to help these patients. I just personally haven't seen it here in Oklahoma because the rate is not as high as other places. Um, Minty, on the other side of the spectrum, you've been taking precautions for a while. Um, yes. You, you've been, you've been uh, very, very cognizant of what's going on. And not saying that you're not or anybody's not, but that this was considered, Dr. Knight, this was considered the epicenter for a while. And, yeah. and people have had different responses. Minty, can you just kind of explain uh, for the doctor, but also for just generally for our listeners, Kind of some of the precautions and what prompted you to take those precautions? Sure. Yeah, I um, I actually in my day job work for public health, and um, so when this hit, um, I was very privileged, and I do recognize that it's a privilege. I was really privileged to be um, part of the employees that were given information very early on, immediately. Um, and I am shocked to say that as a government entity, I have been so grateful to work for a county like King County because they took it seriously from the minute that people started talking about it. And I first got there at the end of November, and I remember hearing them talk about it in December. I wasn't listening much, but, you know, I didn't take it seriously. 
And then January and February, they were kind of like talking to employees and making it clear that, you know, we need to know if you might have any of these health indicators that would be problematic, et cetera. And I kind of blew it off then. In fact, I, I remember going to happy hour with a friend and she had lived all over the world. And we actually joked about like, this will blow off and people will have, you know, done all this for nothing or whatever. And that was like the end of February. And then March the 2nd came and we had a meeting. And at that point, the tone was really somber. Everybody was very serious. And and then we heard from Dr. Um, Dushan, um countywide about like this is this is something we don't know anything about and we need to stop acting like this is just a flu and at that point um I was surrounded with expertise in my workplace who gave me some really good information that sort of changed my um I'm not saying I was ignorant but I definitely was dismissive and I really started to look at that because I have uh, a parent who is um suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia, and they had been talking about sending her into court, uh, into hospice at that point. I'm an asthmatic and a diabetic. I have diabetes type 2, and my asthma is under control seasonally, but it can cause problems. And I kept thinking, well, I've had the pneumonia shot. I get the pneumonia shot every year, and I get the flu shot, and it's fine. But then people I knew started getting sick, mm-hmm. and that started to change. And then by March the 4th was when they came in and said, you, 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 and you, you need to get your laptop, go home. We'll let you know next week what we know. And it was real, not forceful, but it was very aggressive more than what I've seen before. And I kind of laughed it off even then because I said, oh, well, the last time I remember this, I was in the LA riots and it lasted four days and we were fine. Mm-hmm. And took my laptop and came home and ain't been out since. And well, I didn't expect it to get to this point because I'm a recluse, so I like being at home. But now when you're, you have no choice to be at home, I'm terrified of who's dropping off stuff at my house and what could be handled. Um, my son is a severe asthmatic. And, you know, when he was a child, he was always in the ER. And so I was really worried about him. But he got laid off within a week of all this happening because he's in the restaurant industry. Even then, for the last three weeks, he and I have still maintained 10 feet distance. We have not hugged. We have not. There, it's just been bizarre. So for me, I'm exhausted. And I know that if we're smart, we have another two to three months to go. Yep. And, you know, diabetics are at one of the highest risks, so it's it's pretty nerve-wracking there. Another thing I just want to bring up is the amount of asymptomatic carriers in the youth. Um, also, in the youth population, the coronavirus tends to have GI symptoms and not necessarily the upper respiratory symptoms. And they did a little study where they, they did nasopharyngeal swabs of the people that presented with GI symptoms and 20% of those people were negative for the coronavirus. But when they tested their stool, they were positive. So there's a lot of people that actually have it that maybe aren't getting caught on the swabs. There's a lot of people that have it that are asymptomatic and can transfer the virus. And because it's not something we've, our immune system have seen before, we don't have a response to it. And it is very, the, the danger with it is it's so quickly spreading it spreads very quickly. Um, and so that's kind of the scary thing. The other thing is, is, you know, when you sneeze or cough, that, that spray actually travels about 26 feet, not six feet. So the six feet distance is honestly really not enough if you're out. Just kind of arbitrary thing. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of things concerning about, about the virus. Uh, we know why, you know, we know the mechanism behind why it, goes from just an upper respiratory to such a severe pneumonia so quickly in people. Um, basically, it attaches to the pneumocytes in the lungs, and you go from just uh, basically overnight to just a regular type of pneumonia to you know, an infiltrative pneumonia that overwhelms your immune system. And so it's very virulent um, if you are high risk. Um, the, the interesting thing is, though, it really seems to attack the elderly and the high risk and not the youth, which, or the children, which children, technically their immune system is very, um, um, 
is not is not uh, built up like in adults, and so it's surprising that it doesn't affect more children. Uh, thank, thank goodness it doesn't. But one of the things that's concerned me, kind of selfishly, <laughs> is that it's been killing men. It's it's killing men like crazy. Like, and, and part of that is just, you know, women are stronger than men in general. Like, men couldn't do childbirth, you know? And I suppose that when there's a new... This is a speculation, non-medical, completely, completely, you know, I, I, I'm taking it out of my, my, my butt. But my guess is that when there is a new disease or a new strain of a disease, it does affect men stronger because we're not as hardy. You know, we're not, we don't have that experience of childbirth. And so we just give up easier. That's just a guess. I don't know for sure. Wesley, uh, wh wh what you got? First of all, how, what do you, how have you been coping with this? How have you been dealing with this? And number two, uh, give me a little bit of the big picture of what's going on nationally, please. So um, personally, um, it's affected me a little differently. I work for the private industry, the private sector. So um, our aim as, as companies is to, and I work in sales, uh, but we also work in the construction industry. So it's, it's been different. It's been handled differently. You know, where my partner was home um, early on, almost the same time as you, Minty, as soon as they got the legislative session done, they were home and, and they were they're, they're there for the foreseeable future. Uh, for the private industry and the private sector, we they were trying to maximize things as much as possible. We were still working up until about a week ago when uh, the governor finally shut everything down. And even then, we were trying to maintain, uh, you know, our business and still keep up with some of the projects we had going on, but we were told we couldn't. Um, but before then, it was everybody we, we had meet. We had signs on the door. We had everything set up for, you know, wash your hands when you come in. Uh, we're, and we're affected in, the, in you know, I, li I work in Pierce County, which is just below um, the ground zero, so to speak, where Seattle is in King County. Um, and it's been trickling its way down here. We've had our first few deaths in the past couple of weeks. Um, and I think everybody's pretty, pretty, pretty good about handling things. The Inslee was, was pretty quick on shutting the bars and restaurants down. Now it's just essential businesses. The parks are closed. Um, we're really being affected just because we're, we're stuck. We're really stuck in the house. You know, there's nowhere to go that, that won't be, um, they won't see us ushered off somewhere, but. Um, it's, it's not been too bad. We, we maintain, we play board games. We, we make, you know, focus on schooling as well, reading, writing, math, things like that, trying to make sure that we can, with that? Uh, fairly, I mean, we, we don't have, the thing is we don't have full custody. So it's only when we, when we do have that, uh, the time. Um, so, and when we're all together, Wesley, let me interrupt you just for a second, Sarah, just for a little bit of context, everything is shut down here. Yep. So, so it, it's important. Except for we, we businesses are still open. They're essential. Yeah, Imagine yeah that so are liquor home. stores. Yeah, <laughs> our liquor <laughs> stores, I believe, are closed. But our weed stores will never close. Don't hey, don't even play around, y'all. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm sorry for interrupting, but yeah. So it, just a little bit of context. You know, schools are completely out. The you know restaurants, yeah. everything that's open is stores. Um, I, I think that's really it. Well, our, ours also shut down as of midnight yesterday. Oh, okay. uh, everything shut wow. down except uh, essential businesses, which our weed shops are open. So are the liquor stores. <laughs> Surprisingly, I saw a flower nice. store. I'm not sure how the flower industry is considered an essential business, but um, everything else is shut down. Schools are shut down. But I've been homeschooling my kids the whole year, so I've, I'm I'm kind of used to that. Thank goodness. Oh, nice. Wait, so weed is liquor? Uh, weed is legal in Oklahoma? I would have never guessed. Medi medicinal, right? Medicinal, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But the the. The statutes are so lax here that you could get a, a card for like a scratch on your leg. There's really no regulation to what person can get a card and what can't. Okay. So Wesley, go ahead, uh, 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 finish, please. Um, so around the world, um, and, and we've talked a little about about, about coping. Um, I, so part of being in the private sector, I am now laid off. I am now doing the unemployment thing, working on that. Um, the, you know, our company is, is hopefully trying to you know, bring everybody back as soon as things are over, but who knows when that'll happen. Um, and so we're on a standby status until then, but until then, you know, there's, there's a slight moratorium on things like rent and evictions, but that won't last long. Uh, so it is, it is pretty serious when you think about folks who are getting, who are losing their job, losing their income. 
Um, luckily, my my partner is salaried, so that there's some there's some sugar mama. <laughs> hey, for real. <laughs> I've been tout, I've been touting my trophiness around the house a little bit. I'm trying to shake it up. <laughs> right, right. Uh, oh, but uh, so it's it's interesting because that's an aspect of it. I'm around the world, around the globe. So um, I wanted to put some context into this. The last time we spoke, we, we did this Zoom thing uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was the 13th of March or the 12th of March when we got together. Um, and I just wanted to bring some context. We talked a little bit about numbers. The numbers back then were as such. And this is according to worldometers.info. They keep a local tally. They also have many sources you can pull from uh, for each state, for each uh, location, where they're getting their information. It's all it's all government tied. It's a lot of the, the CDC websites and uh, health websites for different varying states. The last time we spoke, there was 134,000 cases worldwide. And there was just under 5,000 deaths. Today, we are at 721,000 worldwide and 34,000 deaths. So this is within the past um, about 17 days or so. So just to give some context to where we're at with the worldwide figures, um, for, for America and for our country, there's a lot of countries that are shutting down. Europe is shutting down. Italy is having the roughest go of it. Um, as are we, um, and, and folks are praying for, for them and Spain, Spain as well. Um, they've been hit really hard, having nearly a thousand deaths in one day. It's, it's pretty incredible, um, but they have a lot of people in a, in a very small landmass, which can attribute to some of those, those factors. Um, similar to, to that, uh, New York right now is also uh, affected for America. That's becoming our epicenter, um, and they've, they've had hundreds of deaths uh, over the course of days as well. Um, so it's it's becoming um, pretty widespread, and it, it it didn't take long for this to happen. If we think back, the the numbers only started in on the 20th of January, I believe, for the U.S. is when it, it when we had our first positive testing um, in uh, in in uh, King County, um, in Snohomish, I believe. Um, and then since then, it's it's really spread quite widely. A lot of states are shutting down. Uh, Besides the non-essential businesses, California was one of the first. The Bay Area, uh, Oregon is shut down. Washington State is shut down. Uh, Oklahoma, I, I, we're hearing, uh, is just shutting down. Definitely. we. Um, I think we also need to point out that the hate crimes against Asian Americans has increased. Yep, it is underreported. In fact, I've just been receiving a mass email from, a uh, mass um, text message from folks here in Seattle's um, International District Advocacy and Organizing Group who are reporting that a young teenage boy who went to QFC for his family, they're trying to verify if it was in King County or not, was actually jumped and beaten severely wow. and told to go back to his country. These, these attacks continue to happen all over the country. They are also cross-lateral oppression, so it is not just some ignorant white folk from the back hills of Kentucky jumping on our kids. These are black on Asian. These are Latino on Asian. These are hate crimes. Mm. Um, yeah. Dr. Daichi, I, I, I want to um, play soothsayer for a second, uh, uh, play prophecy. Um, where are we going from here? We have about five minutes left. I want you. To, I want to pass the mic, and you take as long as you want. And 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 please, you know, in both your expert opinion and as well your non-expert opinion, because this is new, right? None of us know. That's what the thing about being novel is. None of us know. So yeah. It's conjecture. So please, uh, where are we going from here? What's going to happen? What's three months look like? What's one month look like? What's six months look like? Uh, in, in well, Honestly, and this is coming from a lot of medicine people just around the world, um, that it seems to be uh, that maybe the next couple of weeks is going to be the peak, and then it's going to start slowing down after that point. So it's definitely going to last through through May, June, but the peak, uh, I believe, is going to be over, you know, mid-April or so. So we may, and it sounds like they've extended a lot of the quarantines through April 30th, maybe, which would kind of match up. Uh, interesting thing, there's a company called Kinza, K-I-N-S-A, who developed um, Bluetooth thermometers a, a couple of years ago. Interesting. And they've been, track they've been tracking the fever 
profile of the nation, basically. And so they use that data and they've shown, uh, you know, when the flu hits, it usually hits at the right time in the right places. Um, but this last year in December, they saw a second spike of fevers. And so they're thinking that's probably when coronavirus started, even though we didn't really get our first positive till January. Um, and they have a fever map and it maps out basically where a lot of the new epicenters are. And now it's, you know, Louisiana going up towards the um, Northeast region is starting to break out and the rest are starting to kind of slow down a little bit. And so there's a lot of things out there that you can look at to see where this is going. Um, the one positive thing I want to say is it doesn't seem like the virus mutates quickly. And so they feel like they can get a really good vaccine uh, once they develop it that would provide long lasting immunity. So that's a good thing. It's, and um, the other thing is, you know, there are some treatment protocols that they're finding. Uh, they released a study out of China that showed uh, mesenchymal stem cell infusions are healing a lot of these people and preventing preventing death. Um, we know the hydrochloroquine, uh, like the plaquenils that people use for the rheumatoid arthritis and lupus are also seeming to help cure uh, these people who get severe illness. So there are some new and novel treatments coming out, whether the FDA allows us to push those through quickly so that we can offer that. I don't know. Um, but those are just some things I wanted to point out. Is there any, um, I see. So I'm always curious about the economics of a situation, right? Cause all of these things they are complex yeah. and there's certainly um, I, you know, obviously during wartime, anytime there's a, and we're about to have, we're about to run out of time. Could, are you, are you, Dr. Knife Chief, are you okay with uh, going for another session so we can continue this conversation? Sure. After the break, please. This break that's Wolves Indigenous Pirate Radio. Ha and yes. that, was, that was much better. Uh, we're going to have a song from Wesley very, very shortly for our musical interlude, because usually we have other songs, but today we're going to have Wesley, our homegrown, doing his thing, speaking of weed. Um, and, and, uh, but, but, <laughs> but before we do that, before we do that, I want to make sure and acknowledge a few things. Number one, our sponsor, shout out to the Emerald Queen Casino, the Puyallup people, Puyallup tribe of Indians, the welcoming people, or as Amber Hayward, the Puyallup uh, linguist, clarified to us the people of the bend the people in oh, the bend hey. the yeah she clarified i always was under the impression because it was it just kind of worked that it was the welcoming people but the actual literal translation of puyallup according to their linguist amber hayward who was a guest on breakdancing wolves a couple weeks ago was that it's people at the bend it's where the river bended um or Sarah, bend. when you come up to visit us i'm not one to brag but i'm saying the seafood buffet is amazing. Yeah, it's banging. It's banging. I bet. Do you eat seafood? She's, she's itching to get up here. I'm sure. Uh, very popular. <laughs> I don't eat seafood from the Gulf because of the oil spill. Yeah. And I won't eat a lot of seafood from the Pacific because of the uh, radi um, the uh, Japan. Fukushima. Um, yeah. <laughs> you always you always scared to curse. Okay, yeah, we got incredible seafood up here. But yeah, so shout out to the Piaf Tribe of Indians, Emerald Queen Casino, our sponsor. Also, uh, shout out to Studio 212 Soundcasting Network, Network, South Lake Union, Seattle. Also, thank you to Minty for putting us on to Zoom. I would have known nothing about Zoom. Yeah, shout out to Zoom. Like, I actually like this app. I, I'm not an app person. Wow. Um, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a techno meeting person, but Zoom is really, really dope. And I'm sure there's stuff that's wrong with it. And I'm sure there's ways for it to be abused. Um, we were just talking about, you know, the, the like, apparently you can link in other people from this and people have been putting like in the midst of these big group discussions, pornographic material and other stuff in there. Yeah. What? You, right. Nice. That was running a meeting uh, the other day and uh, she went to the bathroom and like, you know, it was zoom. So you could see she took her phone with her into the bathroom because she was running the meeting <laughs> and you see, or sit on the toilet <laughs> the bathroom and wipe, and everybody was like, "Oh, Jennifer!" Um, <laughs> oh wow. wow! Yeah, I mean, of course, there's going to be shortcomings because there are, 
you know, it is technology and it is ran by human beings, but um, it's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. It, it's, it's pretty cool. So, you know, so everybody can tell that I am not wearing a bra, nor have I bothered with a bra for the last three weeks. I'm not either. Well, we way. know now. So, yeah, yeah right. we did know before. Um, I can't believe Sarah showed up like topless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so we, we, we got our musical interlude going. Um uh Wesley, you're about you're about to bless us with the song, right? For sure. Talk to us. What's up? All right, just a second. Let me go grab this drum real quick. You gotta go grab a drum. Okay, I'm gonna say right here for our listeners, ladies and gentlemen and sacred genders, that is the sexiest shit any native man will ever say is Wait a second, let me go grab my drum. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. There's a lot of game. That one right there will work every time. Go I get mean, your drum, Wesley. You know, I'm, I'm going to call BS a little bit, Minty, because I've heard you say other stuff that is uh, sexy that has nothing to do with the drum. So, you know. Well, I, first I, of all, Jossie Ross, why you got to be bringing up old shit? Because that's, <laughs> that's rude. I'm merely I'm just trying to, you know, keep it funky here. That's all. Second of all, uh, Wesley B. Roach is back with his so-called drum. So I would just like to center Wesley and not Jossie. I'm just saying. Let's do it. On Zoom <laughs> with the <laughs> with the drum. See, I mean, this is this is dope. Anyway, yeah, man, thank you very much. Shout out, respect, respect. respect. Um, it makes up for that whack woo woo. Only slightly. Thank you, Wesley. That was beautiful. I I would I, I would have loved that, Minty. I heard something hit the floor. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not positive what it is, but something hit the floor over there. Right? Oh, <laughs> uh, so so the direction I was I, I wanted to go in. So every time there's a disaster, my question is always, who's getting rich? 
Um, so for example, with um, with uh, 9-11 invading Iraq, Halliburton, right? I mean, defense contractors. We know that there's at least, if there's not causation, there's at least correlation there. Certain people are getting rich. I saw, um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody cashed in a whole bunch of stocks. It was Ackman, I believe, was his name. Bezos did too. Yeah, a lot of the financial people, and there were three senators uh, that also cashed in prior to the stocks dropping. So is there is there who's who's getting rich off this? Who who are the uh, opportunists? The uh, I, I saw there was the very very infamous story of the of the young men who, man, they're they're monsters. But the the guys who bought all this hand sanitizer they had sitting on like eleven thousand. But they're, they're they're actually you know drops in the bucket, right? Those are those are few individuals. But structurally, who who's getting rich off this? Who are the people who have a vested interest? And this is a question to everybody, but first you, Dr. Daichi, in in you know, in in get in in this sort of chaos that's coming out of this. Well, I I, I, I think it's all speculative. Uh, I would guess eventually. I know that Bill Gates uh, owns a major stock in a company called Innova Flow or Innovia Flow, I believe. Uh, Innovio. <laughs> Sorry, get it wrong. Uh, and they are the ones that are going to be coming up with the vaccine. They're doing the research to come up with the vaccine for this. So ultimately, he's going to get rich off of that. And interestingly enough, he recently stepped down from his Bill and Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and his other board he sat on. So I'm not quite sure why, but I'm keeping my eye open as to why that was. But I think he's going to be one of the big players that's going to make a lot of money off of this. Okay. Uh, Minty, what, what do you think? I think that anytime old white men are offering to give you a stimulus of anything, we have no idea how bad this is. Yeah. Nothing is free, as I have said on this show many, many a times. Nothing is free. When you get that $1,200 or $400 check, Remember, nothing's free. This is not about you. They don't give a shit about us. They do not care about us. They care about their economical stability and nobody else. So this is one of them moments where I'm sitting up here like, you can't really think this is a good idea that you're getting the check. This is not a good idea. If they were going to do anything, wipe out student debt, cease from anybody having bills collected on them for the next six months, like, there could be authentic, genuine um, acts that make sense financially. This is not one of those. You are going to learn in the back on the back end that you shouldn't have even considered that this was a good idea. And I think that, you know, Martha, Martha, what's her name? The Martha Stewart. I bet she is trying to shank everybody so far that is on there because they are doing shit that is way worse than what she was ever doing and they're not going to see any prison time and ain't nobody going to say shit because they're not the only ones who are dumping stock they're the only ones that we've reported are dumping stock mm-hmm. yeah and i agree with sarah the fact that we had bill gates very quietly step off of the gates board a few weeks ago i i'm not alone there were plenty of people naomi ishisaka was one of the people that was saying hey pay attention to this there's a reason that they would be having any reason to jump off a stock like that they know what they know what they know and we have no idea right yeah uh, and bill gates along with several other uh high you know ceos of many many companies stepped down recently right before this so pay attention to why that is did you see that comp- there was a company in texas that was going to take out of the paycheck the money that the stimulus money that yes. those take it out of their pay Yeah, you have to sign a paper acknowledging that you are getting a stimulus check so they can garnish your shit. Wow. So I I, want to bring up something interesting. Has anybody heard of Event 201? No. No. So this happened last year. Uh, Johns Hopkins and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and another company had a basically an event. It was called 201. You can look it up. Uh, They ran a 
basically they ran a um, mock pandemic in New York City of the coronavirus where they dropped people in this, you know, hot spot of coronavirus and, and they were cut off from communication and they had this whole mock event. And this was last year, which is pretty crazy that this is happening now. So I have a lot of questions, you know, I don't, it's very, just very interesting. That is interesting. There's a lot of overlying things happening right now, not just the coronavirus, which is horrible in and of itself. There's many economic things. There's many other things happening that that we need to keep our eye on for sure. Well, you know, when I see the stimulus check, so just just me as a uh, ambulance chaser, <clears throat> um, I, I see. Um, I, I don't see it so much as uh, a a check for you know uh, that we want to reignite the economy, but instead, I see it as this is a settlement on a personal injury claim on a class action lawsuit that we didn't take action to prevent a whole bunch of people from being harmed. That, that we know we did something wrong collectively. We know we did something wrong as legislators, as, as um, the executive branch as well. And this is our compensation for that. We harmed you. Whether that harm was strictly economic, as it is with a lot of us, thank goodness, that so far we've been, you know, our health hasn't been compromised and it has only been an economic harm. But, and, and I'm curious, like, honestly, the people that have passed, those, those thousands of people that have passed, what, what potential claims they have against the government for not taking action? Because I think there are claims there. And so I think that this stimulus thing is actually um, is actually uh, compensation for legal claims. That's that's my take on it. Pro prospective uh, uh, legal claims. Um, Wesley, what do you think? What, what, what do you think? Who's getting rich? Um, that's tough to say. I mean, obviously, the, the people that we mentioned before who who made those transactions, sold their stocks. That's one. People that we talked about earlier, the senators who've been selling stock, um, them for sure. Um, but I think I think the folks in bed with Trump gonna get rich i mean that's there's already clauses that had to be put in the bills but the bill stimulus that he signed he, he go he went ahead and said i'm not gonna follow these oversight clauses in this bill Mindy, are you gonna with Trump? <laughs> Mindy, are i'm you a conspiracist so you know i think this is way worse than what we think it is i think no, I agree. Whole, I, but i said are you in bed I, with Trump? i agree with you <laughs> um I have been in bed with the likes of Trump people in my life. Um, you'll definitely get something. I promise you, you will need some penicillin. Um, but right, right. I think that there are people, I don't even think this is as much about Trump. I think Trump is just, no, it's, it's, for for all these rich people, Trump is just the chump that will say ignorant shit and keep people completely distracted from what's going on. I mean, you're not even hearing about the tornadoes that are wiping out people right now that are happening in the Midwest. You're not even hearing about that, right? You've got first responders trying to go to work and they're coming home and their entire house is destroyed and they're going back to work. We're not, I don't understand why delivery people, restaurant people, grocers, and, and of course, first respondents and teachers shouldn't be getting hazard pay. This is ridiculous. If this were rich white people having to go out and do a damn thing, there'd be all kinds of packages happening for them. There'd be all kinds of stimulus shit. So I think that this is something that was warned, something that people begged us to pay attention to. I think that we have a chance for a catalyst of change because all of that rhetoric that we heard around $15 an hour pay wages and livable pay wages, the people saving your ass right now do not have enough money to live on. And that says a lot about the folks that are sitting at home, including me, who are able to order food and, and order delivery services and give you a big healthy tip and thank you for going out there and cheer at 8 o'clock at night each night and hope that you're okay. But that doesn't change the fact that Sarah's colleagues and people that Sarah's worked with forever are putting their lives on the lines right now for something we don't really know anything about that is going to be commandeered by the greed of this country before it will be for the well-being of this country. 
out. Yeah, the the data out of Europe is something like one in ten uh, of the infections are healthcare workers. One in ten. Oh my gosh. Um, and something interesting just happened as well. I and I'm not an economist, and I don't know if anybody knows the meaning behind this. But did you know the Federal Reserve and the Treasury just merged? When? Uh, like was just three days ago. I did not hear that, Jossie, lawyer. I, I didn't hear anything didn't, about that. Aren't those weren't they built to be specifically separate? Yes. So that one could prop up the other, invite like. Right. So that so those just merged together, and then another interesting thing that just happened was the DOJ petitioned to have people be held without cause, um, and so that's interesting too. So, so I, that's why I think. Hmm? That's that's like enemy combatants. Yeah, so I don't know what's happening, but I think there's several layers to this. To mm -hmm. whatever is happening, there's several layers to it. Um, I don't know. Who wants to push it farther and say the election might get canceled? Yeah, I see. I still don't think. I don't think that there's any incentive. For, here's the thing. Okay, let's 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 transition. You think he's gonna win no matter what? Well, and, no, no, I'm not gonna say that. But okay. let me let me let me let me let me tell you something. Um, how much have you heard from Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nom nominee? Right. I don't even know who that is right now. Right. Oh, yeah. right. What, I have, what I have heard has been a bumbling mess of nothing. Yes. When right. I have heard from him. And so in any in any race, who needs to make up most? Uh, the incumbent has an inherent advantage. Fundraising, because you know who it is. He's been fundraising for the past four years. You also have airtime. You also have structure in place. Joe Biden needs to create structure to be able to make up, to compensate for this gulf that exists between whoever the Democratic nominee was going to be. That's always difficult, and 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 the and and the um, the, the incumbent. And so, so Wesley, back to your question about canceling the election. I don't think there's any need for any of that stuff because it would have taken a Herculean effort. Of course, the recession will help. We're going into the recession right now. The recession would help, but it just so happened that the recession not only stopped the economy, but it also stopped the news cycle. So the only thing that happens during the news cycle is conversations about coronavirus and nothing about the politics of the particular candidates. So I don't think it's necessary to stop any election, Wesley. Fair enough. Um, so speaking of Trump, speaking of Trump, um, Trump, uh, according to what I just read, and I, I just want to, I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but I want to put you on the spot. Um, I, I just read that he, he's taken action to disestablish the Mashpee Wampanoag uh, reservation. Take this land out of trust that has been, that was moved into trust. And it was a, it was a hell of a battle to get it moved into trust in the first place because of the carcieri. Um, the carcieri case. Um, so, so the Mashpee Wampanoag, according to what I've read, I don't know this for a fact. I haven't seen official documents, but apparently the Trump administration is moving to to, to get disestablish uh, uh, this this land that's in trust. What do you folks think of? I mean, I know what your thoughts are morally and ethically, but what do you, what do you what, what's your thoughts further on that disestablishment? Wesley, start with you. Man, it's scary scary bro like it's it's honestly very scary i don't i personally speaking i don't know the the legal uh, logistics behind such a move it appears that it, there's there's nothing that can be done besides you know appealing it maybe fighting it maybe mm -hmm. um so i don't know personally how scared i should be for for things like this to set a precedent for other tribes i don't know if the status they held was similar to every single tribe or if it was just the land that was in trust i'm not sure but it is very scary that they would exercise something like this from from what seems like out of nowhere. Um, I read elsewhere that it might have something to do with his past relationship with this with this casino that this tribe is trying to set up for gaming. I don't know. I know Trump is is pretty petty, um, and it's it's definitely something I don't put out of his um, his his toolbox to do. He, he's definitely somebody who might do something like this out of pettiness. Um, but it's just scary, man. It's scary. I feel for these, these people to strive 
Um, I don't know what, what kind of uh, ramifications this will have for them in the long run, especially, you know, when we talk about funding, especially for smaller tribes, gaming rights, um, for them to generate their own revenue streams, all of that um, is something they have to now second guess and look at uh, differently. Um, and it's, it's just scary. Uh, for him to do this with one tribe means he can do it to any of us. Um, at least that's that's part of what what my thought process is, is. and it's it's just scary to think that. Uh, Dr. Knife Chief, what do you have, have you read anything about this uh, Mashpee Wampanoag, this disestablishment of reservation land? Uh, no, I, I read about that it was happening. I don't know a lot of the details. I don't know that I could speak to that per se. So, so just for um, viewers um, and listeners, what it really is is um, there was a case called Carcieri. Um, that essentially said that you had to, as a tribe, you had to have a relationship with the federal government previous to 1934, the Reorganization Act, to be able to move land into trust. And so since um, I, I believe that Mashpee Wampanoag was um, re-recognized or recognized in the 80s, I believe. And, and so because of that, they're saying that this this trust status of the land is illegitimate. It was illegitimate in the first place. Of course, we understand that 1934, all these dates are kind of arbitrary, number one. But we also understand that not every single Native community that is an actual Native community is recognized by the federal government. And so it's really important that we don't put these arbitrary things on as Native people and say, well, that's because it's the federal government, that is the true indication of whether or not you're native. Nah, that's garbage. Like that's arbitrary, that's bureaucratic, super colonial thinking. And, and uh, you know, uh, and so I think that I believe, I, I don't wanna speak for anybody, but I believe it's incumbent for all native people to say, nah, we're, we're definitely gonna stand with Mashpee Wampanoag tribe. Um, that's, that's my opinion. Minty, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, thank you to Zoom. We have about six minutes left, and we appreciate Zoom's generosity. Um, for me, you know, this, this, he, Trump has had beef with the Wampanoag and the Pequots since the 80s when he wanted to put his Trump casino directly on their lands. They had received their rights, and he came after them in the blatant, most racist ways. He literally went on TV and said, they don't even look like Indians, they're a bunch of blacks. This is what he said. Mm -hmm. um, he was on 60 Minutes saying this stuff. He was on, um, what is that, Meet the Press. He was very vocal about it. He and testified before Congress said that. Yes, and he has had this beef going on since the late 80s. And so it didn't even surprise me at all that this is perfect timing. For one, most people aren't even paying attention to it, right? Yeah. And for two, he's going to have people far more worried about COVID the, and the election, then they are going to be worried about the sovereignty right here. So I think it is important for Native people to spotlight this and make sure that people know this is going and be vocal about it. He, this is his beat. He's had this beef and he's been trying. He's a jump ass bitch. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I want to. I want to take us out on a slightly lighter note, um, and it's going to be one that Wesley is uniquely unqualified to talk about. Um, you, you just. Got to shut up, Wes. You can't say nothing. I can't say nothing can't about say this. Nothing. You don't have any input, and and so um, I, I want to start it off with my contribution to this 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 uh, particular conversation, and say the most profound thing that's happened to me in the past couple weeks is not COVID. It's not rough. It's not the fact that you know I haven't been able to have uh, 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 you know any basketball on my TV, even though it's March Madness. That's deep. That's deep. That's a huge concession for me. But the most profound thing that's happened in Joe Exotic um, <laughs> <laughs> has, has been, has been uh, Tiger King. You know, I was amazed. First of all, he was entrapped. He was entrapped. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Impossibility is not a defense under the law. So if you squeeze the trigger on a gun that you thought was loaded, I don't want to mess it up for Wesley because he's the only one. Spoilers, that's brother. Spoilers, but, brother. But but I he, haven't seen it either. He truly, and I say this with all due respect, but all honesty, he truly thought in the most Joe Dirt WT <laughs> sort of way that he was trying to do some damage to this lady. 
He <laughs> honestly thought that. And so he deserved, I'm not saying, look, I'm, I'm, I come from a line of convicts. We're team no snitching. We don't no do that. Snitching. We don't do that. So the fact that his people gave him up, I have nothing but contempt for that. Thank but on, you. Oh uh, yeah, but on a legal level, yeah, he got caught. <laughs> he got caught. But the most so here's my contribution to this, and I don't want to steal the most profound. Uh, I want to hear what your thoughts are about this show. We're talking about uh, Tiger King, folks. Uh, Joe Exotic. The deepest part of the show to me, first of all, I thought it was beautiful how he actually loved these animals. Number one. He loved those animals. I mean, the way he was, like, that's a close relationship. There was trust there. Number two, I think that lady actually killed her husband. Uh, I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was crazy. And the video, <laughs> the music video for that, that story was hilarious. That was amazing. <laughs> but the third, the, the most profound thing was this. Dude had game. How do I know that? He turned out two straight dudes. Two dudes that weren't gay. <laughs> what? He, yes. <laughs> he, he turned them two dudes out. That's they wild. had them, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. I'm not gonna, you know, but, but he, they was doing it, and 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 they would like they was like everybody, every single person in their life was like, nah, he ain't even gay. <laughs> oh, I gotta see this because yes. I know somebody at Clallam Bay that did that. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you saw this. I thought you saw this. So. Uh, you know, Sarah, Dr. Night Chief, this is your area. This is your, you, you know, your part of the country. What do you, what do you think about uh, Tiger King, Joe Exotic? What, what, what you got to say? No, man, I grew up in California. I just got back here not too long ago. But, uh, <laughs> Completely disavowed. Uh, my family took me out there with the Indian Relocation Act, speaking of. Uh, right. No, I think that he had a beautiful singing voice, surprisingly. He did. <laughs> he go. had some dang good music videos yes <laughs> Sarah, yeah. where in california did you grow up san diego nice pomona. Yeah. Yeah. Another not so nice but pomona yeah yeah um i'm sorry well i do want to bring up something else that positive that has happened in the last two weeks i don't know if anybody's know if anybody knows this but they arrested about seven over 700 gang members in california for child sex uh and human wow. trafficking they arrested 17 ms13 members for child sex trafficking human trafficking they arrested 298 of the saudi royal family princes for human trafficking sex trafficking um they saved a girl out of honduras that was sex trafficked for many years um that was a united states citizen they haven't told us who she is yet but they said she was a high profile female that went that went missing um and that surprisingly the regent of the south dakota board stepped down the ceo so i think there's a lot of things going on with the sex trafficking in ring i think they're they're arresting a lot of people and they're hitting people hard so wow. that's good that's, that's great good. i hadn't heard any of that oh and they've also a part of the part of the Vatican, they've arrested people there too. Thank um, God. You would right. you would know more about this. You would know more about this than I would. But uh, but apparently there's a there's a got 150,000 sealed indictments that are mostly concentrated in California and New York right now that they have not unsealed yet that have to do with human trafficking, sex trafficking. Apparently there's a lot of tunnels underground and things like that. So I do also think, because I'm conspiracy with Minty, uh, that they are also quarantining people to get people off the street so that they can really go after, once they unseal these documents, they can go after these people without having a bunch of people in the, street, in the streets and, and have riots and things like that. Because Man. there really are a lot of people arrested right now. I'm wow. going to have to do some homework. I'm going to have to do some research. Dr. Night Chief, we're going to have to wrap up. Um, if, you know, I, I don't know how strong the quarantine is in Oklahoma, but if you find yourself, you know, uh, uh, lonely and you need some company, you know, we, we got some, some attractive folks right here. Minty, yeah, yeah, we're all fine. We'll come hang out. Yeah. 
yeah. Vinci might be with her Uber Eats guy, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't worry. They might, have, they might have Oklahoma Uber Eats. You don't know what Oklahoma got right. for me. It's been a drought <laughs> yeah. before. I could be there to celebrate. Yeah, um, we and, we've been uh, sitting here with Dr. Knife Chief, Dr. Sarah Knife Chief. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Breakdance Wolves and Digital Fire Radio. Peace. <laughs> I'm out in the It is a good day to Thank you. 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 Thank you.